This is Homebuyer Talk Radio with your host, Mark Evinger. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Homebuyer Talk Radio. Coming up on the show today, we're going to get some expert advice on how to get rid of mold in your home. We're going to learn a few tips on what to do and some common mistakes people make when getting a pre-approval for a home loan. And finally, we'll talk about the differences between a mold test and a mold assessment and which one is right for you. In studio with me today is one of our show contributors, Joey Bada, who is filling in for Gaspar Cifuentes. Joey is a real estate expert and associate broker, broker at San Antonio's Finest Realty. Joey, as always, it's great to have you in studio. Nice to be back. So is this your last week for a while, then you're going to disappear on me? No, I have one more week. You have one more week. All right, cool. Uh, well, don't tell Gasper. I, said. I mean, yeah. I enjoy Gasper too, but I, <laughs> I enjoy having you around. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Also in studio with us today is Jackie Saldana, who is an expert residential mortgage loan originator. Jackie, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, we go back a long way. I've, I've known her since the mid-90s. Yeah. Yeah, she's an awesome dispatcher. You're dating us. Huh? You're dating us. <laughs> I am, right? Oh, my gosh. I, I just did y'all that. Date, y'all dated us. No, you're dating That's us. That's right in the show notes. Age, right. age, age. <laughs> and a moment for awkward silence. All right. All right. And we have Mike Marlowe with us. He is uh, Marlowe with us. He is an expert veteran inspection um he is an owner of Veteran Home Inspections. I got all tongue twisted there. I'm having too good of a time. And he's an expert in home, at home inspections. Mike, welcome back to the show. Yeah, good to be back. So uh, you're following our YouTube channel, I would imagine. But we've got just in a segment that, that we did with you last week, got over 2,000 views on YouTube. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah which was, it was, it was a nice little spike in activity. So uh, I guess we're going to be talking mold again today, and we'll just do that as long as people are listening, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> a quick reminder, you can listen to the podcast episodes and watch YouTube videos of the show anytime by visiting our website at homebuyertalkradio.com. All right, so first up on the show, Mike, we're going to get into um, home inspections. Now, a little bit about your background. Of course, you own veteran home inspections here in San Antonio, and you had a 20-year career with the U.S. Navy, where you met your wife, Jamie, and she works with you in right. the business now, right? She does. So how many years have you been doing the home inspection business? Eight years now. Eight years. Okay. And, and I know when I was researching folks to bring on the show, you, I mean, you came up in the top, or near the top of the, uh, the Google searches, not the ads, but the regular search part. So, um, and then, of course, your social media all checked out. I know you're very, very active in your community and, of course, an expert in the mold area, which is what we're going to get into today. Yeah. Mold is keeping us busy. It is. All right. So last week, you recommended concrobrium. Con- say it? Concrobium. Concrobium. <laughs> I don't, I'm throwing an R in there to kill mold, right? Now, my wife, Jennifer, I told her about it, and she ordered a bottle from Amazon. We got it, and of course, I'm using it in the shower. Now, I have to be careful how I say that, right? So I'm not using it like while I'm in the shower, right? But I'm using <laughs> it after I shower, spray it right, on the walls. Yeah. And it did. I had uh, a mold section up where the the tile meets the the ceiling mm-hmm. uh, and it was just it kept coming back kept coming back kept coming and all i did was spray it and then i checked it later that day and it was all gone and it has not come back since good. and it's been like a week so pretty good but i'll keep you i know listeners are very interested as well they want to know your mold spot yeah well maybe it is is that right <laughs> so on today's segment we're going to focus on mold remediation specifically uh, once you've determined the presence of mold, what kind of stuff are should folks be looking to do next? Okay, so once we figure out that hey, we have a mold issue going on in this in this house, we're going to recommend that we write up a mold remediation protocol. Okay, uh, this is the next step in the process, and basically, we take and we write out extremely detailed instructions on what's going on, how to take care of it, 
and the standards that we're going to use at the end of the process to make sure that it's all gone. So when you talk about that, is that like a, the, the assessment? Is that like a real assessment, where it's coming from, what's going on? Yeah, well, it'll That's be after is. the assessment. So we've already figured out what's going on. Now we're going to write it all down. This is the instructions over to the mold remediator. Gotcha. And they need that, right, in order to know what's going on and yeah, the, the homeowner as well? Most mold remediators will not touch a project until they have a protocol. Okay, gotcha. So, All right, and we'll talk about mold assessment later, but does that fit in here somewhere? Uh, but like I said, the assessment that we talked about last week, that is done first to figure out, do we have a problem and what is the problem? What's causing it? Where's the mold? All of that. Right. And that's right there with testing. So we determine right. we had mold, then we do an assessment and you do all of those steps. Right. Okay. We do everything up to the protocol. Okay. Then the remediator takes that protocol and they follow it and they will come in and do the, the cleanup. And then we step back in at the end and we come back and we do another round of mold testing, uh, a visual inspection and, you know, samples to make sure that all the mold is gone. Right. Okay. And then, of course, you're charging along the way here. So the, for you to do the protocol, so the initial test is 350 on average, right? Right. We're talking average 2,000 square foot house. You're yeah. going to have 350 for the initial inspection and testing. Um, the protocol... Starts at 200. It basically depends on how complicated the problem is and how long it's going to take us to write that protocol. When you do the, the testing, does that assessment come with that as part of yes. it? Hey, this is what's causing yeah. You got water coming in at the window and it's whatever. Yeah, yeah. The, the 350 is that testing and assessment. That's a good, that's actually a good bargain based on what I, the research I was doing is because people will charge $300, $350 for tests and the assessment is completely separate. That's yeah, a separate charge. I, I don't get that. Yeah, that's really cool. All right, cool. So, um, so they're looking totally about five fifty on average, right? Plus remediation, which comes next, right? Then the remediators come in. They'll take our protocol and they'll give a quote for the work. Um, we don't do remediation. They should. It should always be two separate companies: an yeah. assessment company and a remediation company. Um, so you may be able to send it over to your insurance if you have the coverage for mold coverage or if it's a water event and the water coverage or the water coverage on your insurance may cover it as well. Um, but don't let it sit. This, the, the mold is not going to go away on its own. Um, as long as there's water coming is that the problem hasn't been fixed, that it can get worse and continue to get worse. Yes. Oh yeah. It, and it will, if you still have water coming in, the mold's just going to continue to grow. Okay. So attacking the water, the source of the water is critical. That's the first step. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. And then, um, of course, you do more testing afterwards. With respect to the remediation, I know you don't do a whole lot in here, but my biggest concern as a homeowner would be, um, you know, what happens when they start tearing that stuff down? They take precautions, right, to pr protect the rest yes. of the house and the AC unit from sucking that stuff up and getting it everywhere else? Oh, yeah. They're going to set up containment, which, you know, plastic walls, you know, Plastic sheeting around the area that they're working in with zipper doors. They'll tape over the uh, the HVAC register so it doesn't get up in there, and you know, remove you know, personal belongings from the area they're working in. So, what, what about remediating themselves? If if they're like, oh, you know what, I think I could do this, and they put on their cape and their their honeydew list, and they get after it to save a few dollars. What are some of the pitfalls of doing that on their own? Uh, not doing it correctly is going to be the biggest thing. Um, and not containing it uh, and 
cutting out steps, like putting in the air scrubbers with the HEPA filters to make sure that any, everything that's disturbed doesn't go out through the rest of the house or you, you don't track it with you when you're going in and out of the work area. Right. So, Is it possible for someone to do it on their own? Sure. But, yeah, it's so much easier to just bring in the professionals and let them do their thing. It'll also be faster. Well, they need to protect themselves while they're doing it as well, right? So now yeah. you're talking pr- protective equipment. Right. Um, yeah. You know, the mask thing. Yep, from yeah. from both the mold and the, the chemicals that you're using. Oh, good point. All right, cool. And then um, so what about disposal of that stuff? Because I would think, well, you just throw it in the trash, but you really kind of have to bag it up, seal it or something, right? Yeah, you should bag it up, but then it really does just end up going into the regular trash. Right, right. But at least it's... <laughs> <laughs> Once it's out of the house, it's no longer you a made yourself deal. feel better in the process. Yeah, you did, right? <laughs> so... You're bagging it up more so that as you're carrying it out of the house, you're not spreading it. Throughout the house. Right. Right. It's okay if it's outside, but we just don't want it in the house. Yeah, we have all these molds outside anyway, so it's all normal stuff that's around. All right, cool. So uh, with respect to uh, repairing repairing the area is a whole other thing too, right? Because, okay, you have to tear out sheetrock. And you can't cut corners, right, if it's the mold is in the sheetrock and needs to come out. Right. There is... No remediating sheetrock or, you know, anything really porous. Cut and replace, right? Yeah, just cut it out, replace it. Besides, drywall is cheap uh, in the long run. So um, you'll you'll need to bring a contractor in to put everything back together or do it yourself. But, you know, someone has to put it back together afterwards. The mold remediator is not going to be putting it back together. You don't want to pay them to put it back together. Right, right, gotcha. All right, so uh, you got a promo code for folks who want to reach out to you, correct? Yeah, KTSA2. KTSA and the number two? Number two, two, yes. All right, cool. And then if they want to get in contact with you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, They can call our office anytime, 210-202-1974, or uh, online, www.sanantoniomoldinspector.com. Okay, and you're also on social media as well, right? Facebook, uh, Veteran Home Inspections. I think so. Yeah. No, you are. (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm on Facebook. I just don't know exactly how it's listed. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming in. I know we got one more segment we're going to be doing next week. So uh, folks out there, I know you're responding well to this information. So stick with us. All right. So uh, coming up next is going to be Joey. Um, He's going to be talking with uh, Jackie Saldana about loan. But before we get into that, I want to do a quick promo for San Antonio's Finest Realty. Um, if you're an agent looking for sponsorship, check out San Antonio's Finest Realty, who provides expert training and mentorship, has low brokerage fees, three generous commission platforms to qualify from. If you're interested in that, and I really recommend it, if you're watching the show at, at all, listening to this show, uh, you get a good sense of who San Antonio's Finest Realty is. Joey Bada, he runs his uh, his brokerage team, uh, and he works with Gasper very closely. And I know people out there love both Joey and Gasper. So give him a call, 210 that's 210-332-0161 to become part of San Antonio's Finance Realty family. You, Call, you. Ga- <laughs> Call Gasper today for more information. Homes, land, and life. All right. Uh, so our next guest is Jackie. Um, old, old. I don't know, friend, probably not the right word, but definitely a business acquaintance and just a tremendous hard worker. I mean, if you're a dispatcher in the city of San Antonio, you got to manage a whole bunch of different stuff. And I'll tell you, I've known, uh, we reconnected a few weeks ago, and you can tell she just works nonstop. Am I right, Joey? Absolutely. She's just not. Absolutely. And in the world of lending, you kind of have to always be available for the things that can come up. 
I think she took some of the best business experience she had from being a dispatcher, which I guess the best example I could say is it's kind of like patting your head and rubbing your stomach at the same time. Yeah, no joke. Um, and then doing something with your feet, too, yeah, probably, right? painting or something. And I don't having know. the ability to compartmentalize everything that's happening at the time and making good, sound, professional de- uh, decisions on the fly. Yes. And bringing that, bus- that, that um, understanding and that mindset into the business world. Absolutely. The voice of calm reason in the storm. Absolutely. So let me introduce her properly here. Jackie Saldana is a resident. And there's all of her time. <laughs> <laughs> we got lots of time for Jackie. See you all next week. She is a, re- a residential mortgage loan originator at Cache Real Estate Finance, powered by Mortgage Financial Services. Did I say that right, Jackie? Yes. All right, good. She has been recognized as a principal innovator in the greater San Antonio mortgage industry and was recently featured in the San Antonio Luxury Home Magazine. She is a seasoned loan originator with over two decades' experience and has helped thousands of families with fulfilling their dreams and goals of home ownership. Jackie knows how to custom tailor the right financing package for families in every situation, from first-time buyers to luxury clientele, and delivers an uncompromised level of customer service. Jackie, how long have you been doing residential mortgages now? 20 years. 20 years? Yeah. I, I, you're dating us again. I don't know. It's I know. A, I just feel- well, I know. And I re- when, when, you, when I read that bio right there, and I, two decades, I forgot that was in there. I was like, okay, well, there's my age anyway. So, <laughs> I'm, I started when I was 12. Yeah, right? There you go. <laughs> and I'm curious, why did you get into residential home mortgage? What was the, the thing that really kind of brought you into it? Um, so I was dispatching and um, decided to leave the city and went into the apartment industry. Had some gentlemen walk in that needed a furnished unit, and uh, they came in. I put them in a furnished unit. They asked me if I ever thought of home sales. I said, not really. And they said, well, you know, come talk with us. So I did. Did home sales for a year. Had my daughter. And one day decided that, um, gosh, I'm not going to get to spend time with her if I'm sitting in a model home and trying to show homes and do this. So what's the next best thing? And I always felt like the originators didn't... um, go the extra mile back then to take time to how can we fix their credit instead of let's just decline them. Oh, right. So that's kind of what did it for me. Um, just wanting to help people more and get more people into houses. And so I went and visited with the division president and said I wanted to go into mortgage. And they told me, if you want to do this, you're going to have to do it on your own. No pay. Go get your license. So I did. Trained myself, taught myself, took the class, um, got my license, and started originating. So what, what keeps you in the industry? I mean, why? I mean, it's one thing to go in and think, okay, this is going to be great, but what keeps you in the industry for so long? Gosh, um, I have a lot of drive, and um, I'm extremely versatile, and I get bored. I mean, for lack oh. of better words, never been diagnosed, but I would say ADHD. Oh, you yeah. know? Uh, squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. I thought you were say you got diagnosed with boredom. I'm like, <laughs> that, that too, you know? Probably. I just, I can't, I can't, you know, I'm not a sit still uh, kind of person. So why do I stay in? It's because every day is something new, kind of like dispatching. You know, you walked in yeah. and you sat down. Your day was not going to be like the day before. Yeah. You know, you were either going to have a very slow, quiet simple or crazy out of this world let eight hours just flash by and you're addicted to that aren't you i am very joey so you've been working with her for for quite a while so obviously communication during the home buying process is critical this is something i hear about with realtors it's like when they 
not only do they have to be effective at the loan uh, process, but the communication has to be good. So tell me a little bit. Obviously, you're going to say their communication is great, but give me an example of how she really excels in that area. It comes down to accessibility. Um, the One of the reasons that they worked their way into being the preferred partner with uh, um, for loan for home loans was that there was an accessibility that was unequaled. You know, now with our clientele, we have first responders, we have people that are in the medical profession that don't have a regular Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m. Uh, it's shift work. A lot of that is shift work. And the ability to have somebody try to get a hold of Jackie or her team a little bit later in the evening. Now, and, 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 still, and still receive a response back. Now, I've told her before, she's way too committed at some times. You know, if somebody's working at three <laughs> o'clock in the morning and they ask her a question, she answers it back. And I was just like, you know, that just, you don't have to do it at three o'clock in the morning. But the point being is that there was a, an unparalleled level of accessibility. Couple that with her ability to explain things to people and have it make sense. Now, she's done my home loans. She's done the, fa- the, the loans of my family. And even with us being in the industry or being connected to the industry, there were certain things that we didn't understand that she was able to give a, a, a really, really good uh, explanation of. You take that, somebody that's in the industry that's seasoned, you take somebody who's a first-time home buyer or who's, never, who's not familiar with the process. The ability to take that information and to put it into words that people can understand and absorb. Yeah, that's communication, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's one thing to say something, Absolutely. but it's another Absolutely. thing for somebody else to pick it up. All right, Jackie, so when it, when it comes to like common mistakes that people make with respect to the, the loan process, give us some things that they're doing and maybe some ways that they can do that better. Common mistakes. Um, common mistakes most buyers make are job changing in the middle of the transaction. That sounds bad. Um, cash deposits over $500 and not being able to explain them. Okay, so like we're not talking cartel money here. We're talking. No, no, no. Like, um, okay, so um, I work a job where they pay me cash, but I don't have a business account. I just have a personal account. And um, instead of my boss writing me a check for it, they gave me $1,000, and I just went and put it in the bank. Oh. But my last seven times I got paid... I got paid by a check, whether personal or not. I can document that. I can explain that to an underwriter. I can't. So it looks like they didn't get paid that week. Gotcha. And in an instance like that, we would ask for a gift. Well, typically your family members can gift you. You can't really be gifted by anybody else. FHA, VA, they've gotten a little strict on who can gift you funds now. Um, I sometimes even have to go back to the chart because everything changes, you know, on a daily here lately. Right. <laughs> um, to see who can gift and who can't. Uh, so, you know, making a huge deposit. Um, let's say they got their income tax um, and they had it go into their savings. Great. So they got $6,000, but they went and pulled 6000 Let's say they went and pulled 2000 in cash and put it in their checking instead of transferring it. Or just put it to a whole nother bank. We have to document all of that. Like, where did that money come from and how do we know? So, I mean, of course, being seasoned, I would know how to document something like that. But a common mistake is, you know, if you're going to move money from one of your accounts to another account, maybe at a different bank, make a paper trail. Right. Um, 
people don't believe in paper trails. They think, oh, well, they'll just understand. Well, no, underwriters don't understand. They, and it's not typically <laughs> them. It's um, the guidelines of the government loans. You know, a conventional loan, you might be able to get around a little more, a little more explanations. But um, typically on your government loans, you have to explain everything. So what about opening new credit? Do people do open new credit? Um, sadly. Uh, like furniture for their house. <laughs> Turn furniture else. for the house. Or yep. the best one is, um, and I had someone ask me just last night, can I go take a personal loan for my down payment? You can't take a loan for a loan. Really? When did they change that? No, I'm teasing. <laughs> can't take a loan for a loan. But you can take a loan from your 401k, your IRAs, your investments. You can pull money from those things. And, and of course, sitting with a buyer, I would sit and explain that in more detail than I am right now. But no, you cannot take a loan for a loan. And sometimes, or you cannot pull off your line of credit. Right. That's what I was going to clarify. Yeah, yes. Uh, some people think that because it's something they've had, they can just pull off their line of credit. And you cannot do that. All right. So what about, I'm kind of curious, uh, hiding, do people try and hide information from you as well? And then doesn't, uh, that seems like that would get awkward, but. Well, I would say typically for most loan officers, maybe they experience that. I know a lot of people who have. Um, I mean, I pride myself on pretty much every buyer becomes my friend I probably have I, I can't even tell you how many contacts I have because I program every single person in my phone that oh, I wow. speak to and then I write notes um, so that I know what we spoke about mm-hmm. and so that when I do wow. speak to them again um, I'm okay to say hey so how's the baby how's this how's that I remember their story because I put them in my phone because I wrote notes somewhere I remember their story so I don't usually have a whole lot of people hide things um, I do have a lot of people that say, okay, can I tell you something off the record? Oh, here we go. <laughs> and then I'll say, go ahead, and then I'll let you know where we're at and what kind of time frame we're looking at to fix this. I think as well, to her point, one of the things that Jackie and her team are so good at is the initial prepping of the client, letting them know what the parameters are, educating them at the very beginning to avoid things of that nature. Now... Earlier in my uh, real estate career, we didn't quite have that connection with other people that we had worked with. And you had people that were opening up lines of credit right before closing or going over and charging um, items like furniture items. They were, it was essentially killing their home loan and they had a bunch of really pretty furniture and no place to put it. Right. But that's one of the things that, sh- that her, Jack and their team excel at is the education of the client at the very beginning. Right. And that's that's huge. That way people know kind of what the game rules are when they come into it. It helps the whole process, I would think. During the pre-approval process, I definitely educate them. Absolutely. I mean, I go through line by line. You know, these are the things I need, and here's where we're going to go. And to make your pre-approval the strongest, you know, I, I'll need this stuff. We'll do this. And then please don't do any of this. You know. Let's run through some of the most common misconceptions about home loans. So I know... And I talked to Joey about this too, but people wanting to go out and look at homes without a pre-approval, why why is that a bad thing? Well, I mean, it's just like going to Target with $10 and wanting to spend 600 you know. You Can't do that. Target it's probably bad. And you, you don't walk in with $10. You know you're never going to walk out of Target with just one thing. Yeah. H-E-B, you know, any of them. So going to shop for a house, you don't want to go look for a $300,000 house and yet 
your buying power, your budget's at 210. I mean, it's going to be devastating. It's going to be disappointing. And you're going to lose the ump to want to go buy. Mm -hmm. So the best thing is to get pre-approved, see where you're at, see what your options are, see if you have any wiggle room past the payment that's comfortable for you. Um, Getting pre-approved to me is like, hey, here's your line. Like when you go buy a car, you go to, you know, you get pre-approved from the bank. You go with your approval already, and then you're not disappointed when, you know, they're not saying, no, you can't have that car. They're, you know, yes, you can have this house because you qualify for this house. So if you want to make an offer, we can. Well, and if you're not wasting everybody's time too, right? Because the realtors are going to be like, are you kidding well, me? You don't want your realtors driving around and, and no. looking at things that aren't even an option. And realtors, Joey, so the realtors, they're, they know this, right? They're Absolutely. asking those questions. That's one of the things that we've always prided ourselves on was that when we were on the buyer side of a, tra- a transaction, the listing agent and the seller of the houses that we're going to see, we don't have someone there that's window shopping. That person is, in fact, pre-approved to that amount so that they're able to purchase it if they can come to an agreement with the seller. Mm-hmm. We're not going to take anybody out there looking at homes that can't afford to buy them. Right. Of course, that's a waste of time for seller and listing agent, but it, it's also heartbreaking for client that is going to see a house that, the, that they could potentially fall in love with and not being able to, to purchase. Right. Makes sense. So um, as we kind of wrap up our segment here, I'm real curious about a strong pre-approval. So right, by getting uh, lender advice and coordinating a plan, you can position yourself that quickly on placing an offer on a home. So just kind of run through what a strong uh, pre-approval is. Um. As long as you have your W-2s, your pay stubs, if you have your income, your assets, and your credit, they're all in line, we can give you a really strong approval where we know things are going to sit for you. And if assets are an issue at the moment, we'll go over grants and, you know, opportunities for you to get the funds that needed are needed um, to close on a house. Excellent. Now, tell me a little bit uh, about, just real quick, your team, and then how do people get in touch with you? Um. Team Cache, uh, we are with Mortgage Financial. Um, we are a team of about 10 of us, I believe. Wow. Um, we have um, two mar- marketing and develop um, business, business development people who help us organize tons of stuff. We have a very strong coordinator that helps us get our loans disclosed on the fly. I mean, quick. We can move things through quickly. Um, and to get a hold of us, uh, gosh, I don't know my website on hand. Do you? What's your phone number? Your office phone? 210-889-6922 is the best number to reach me at. 210-889-6922. And it's probably my best contact, more so than a website. Okay, yeah. That's what I kind of figured, too. Just call, right? (laughs) All right. As we wrap up this segment today, a quick reminder to uh, check out our latest podcast on all the usual podcast platforms. And you can find video versions of the show on our website at homebuyertalkradio.com. That's going to be it for us. Great chat, everybody. And we'll see you on the next one.